Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome back to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest on here, Chase Gallette. Did I say your last name right? Yes, sir. Gallette. All right, sweet. Anyways, Chase has a very interesting background. He is a young entrepreneur out there hustling. And so we wanted to bring him onto the podcast here today, talk about his background, talk about how he got started in business, and then dive into his two business side hustles that he's running currently. And so Chase, why don't you just start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, man. So as we were doing a little bit of talking before the podcast, and I was, it's a pleasure to be on here. Thank you so much for having me on here, guys. It's, I have tons of fun doing this stuff. It, in my past, I've always, for a long time, I've always been kind of known as like the talkative guy. You know, I'm the guy in the class that either you love or you hate because I talk too much. And then I don't really care which of those two it is. So I've always been that super talkative guy that won't shut up. And podcasting has always just kind of really lent itself to that. I love talking. I love getting on the mic here and just sharing my thoughts. So I'm that really talkative guy. In school, I'm currently, obviously, like Jacob mentioned, I am a young entrepreneur. I'm 16. I'm still in high school, loving it, having fun doing this, all this business stuff. To be honest, it's way more interesting than actual school is. I'd rather be talking to multimillionaires any day compared to sitting in my calculus class. That is not even a question which of those I'm going to take. So yeah, I mean, I'm, in, I'm on my student council. I'm on our, uh, I'm in DECA at my school. I'm on the executive board. Just anything business, entrepreneurship, that's me. I love to do it. And I'm just a really social guy in the end. Sweet. So I know you have two business side hustles, whatever you want to call them that you're running right now. The first of which is the reason you're on our podcast here today. And the reason we were on your podcast, and that is your podcast, the top youth business podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So, I mean, I I guess it all comes down to what do you want to know? How I assume you want to go from how it started to where we are now and where we want to go in the future. Everything. Exactly. All right. Sounds awesome to me. Well, the story of how it started is, I mean, it's not super interesting, but back it was literally New Year's Eve. It was December 31st, 2020. I was sitting down in a hotel. We were up north. That, that's in, in northern Michigan. And I was like, dang, I don't have any goals for this year. I'd like completely fallen off like that self-improvement, set your goals, chase your goals type thing. I was like, I don't have any any goals for this year. What, what am I going to do? So I was kind of just sitting there listening to another podcast that I absolutely love, Impact Theory. And I was, I was like, dang, I... I wish that I could talk to this guest because he was like a billionaire or something. And he was talking about how he'd grown and sold like six businesses in the space of six years. And I was like, God, like, that's amazing. I wish that I could talk to this guy. And I was like, so why don't I talk to this guy? Why don't I go start my own podcast, try to impact people just like Tom Bilyeu, who's the host of that podcast. No, I don't. I go out and try and impact people like he's doing and try and talk to these amazing guests because then I can learn. I can I can help other people learn and then I can talk to amazing people and build my own credibility. And it was like this big, amazing, grandiose realization of mine. I was like, I could literally change my reality and change everything that's happening in front of me through the simple act of talking on a mic. Now, obviously, it's a bit more complicated than just talking on a mic, but that's where the idea originated. And then I spent January of that year just kind of, I don't know, I it was planning, 
but um, not not really. I didn't actually get much done, to be fully honest with you. It was like those New Year's goals. Like you, you're really energized at first, and then you kind of fall off. But in this case, I got back on it, and I got in contact with Caleb. That was like the first thing I did because he had a podcast, and he was the only guy that I knew who had a podcast. So I reached out to him. That was in January. And I ended up getting on a Zoom with him, talking to him, and he ended up being the first guest on my podcast. And he just really, really helped me get everything set up and stay motivated to get after it. Because he was like, hey, man, I can't wait to be on your podcast. Can't wait to talk to you. And I was like, and then like halfway through January, I was like, I'm like, I was like, I'm letting Caleb down. I'm not, I haven't started my podcast yet. I'm letting him down. So I really got on it towards the end of February. I interviewed Caleb. I was going to interview another cool guy, but he backed out and I haven't heard from him since. It's now been three months since then. So I assume I'll never hear back, but that's okay. And then through February, I really started taking action. I signed up for a podcasting site called Matchmaker where I can get in contact with a bunch of guests and stuff. I really just started networking with people and recording and just getting better at everything podcasting, be that editing, recording with people, networking with people, all that stuff. February was really that, you know, crash and burn, fail forward type learning month, you know? And I'll be the first to say that the first episodes that I recorded were not amazing. They were not the best. (laughs) There's definitely been a lot of improvement since then. And some of those, a lot of those interviews will probably never see the light of day. And I had to deal with awkwardly telling people like, hey, I'm not going to be posting this. Uh, Sorry. So February was very much a learning curve. And then I told myself at the end of January that I'd be launching March 1st. So I did. March 1st, I launched and I finished editing my first podcast episode February 28th, the night before I launched it. I finished my cover February 28th, the night before I launched it. Um, I finished setting up my hosting platform, Anchor, February 28th, the night before I launched it. It was, I was, (laughs) it came down to the wire and I was like, I thought like it was, it was one of those moments, you know, I was like, I told myself I'm launching tomorrow. I got to launch tomorrow. So I did. And I did it completely wrong. I messed up the launch horribly. Could have done it much better. So I'm going to interject here real quick. Cause I'm curious about that. Cause I heard something about, you know, you launching in the past and you kind of did like a relaunch and then you also had some kind of brand change as well. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you've learned. I mean, I know you're still brand new to the space, but like, so what you've learned so far about podcasting specifically, but then also about like, say, planning or just launching a new project or how you would approach other things in a similar fashion uh, in the future. Yeah, so I launched March 1st, right? And it was it was good that I launched when I did, because if I didn't launch then, who knows if I had ever gotten started, right? It could have been a month later. It could have been six months later. It might have never happened in the first place. So it was good that I got started. But in hindsight, there were so many things that I could have done differently. Because like I said, I finalized everything the night beforehand. I had one interview re- like for fully recorded and edited when I launched. I had told no one that I was doing this. Nobody knew besides like my direct family that this is something that I was working around. And I had like been very, I don't know, I don't know maybe elusive is the right word. When my friends were like, oh, you're, you're talking to a, a millionaire? Why are you doing that? I was like... Oh, you know, no reason. Just kind of, just kind of doing it because, and like, I didn't, I didn't tell anyone. And then, so, cause I wanted to be like this big surprise, like, Oh guys, look at this cool thing I've been doing, which is not the path that I would advise people taking because when I didn't tell anyone that first day, nobody knew that it was happening until like posted on social media. And I like, it was like this out of the blue thing. People were like, Oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, you know, and nobody knew. 
And then second, I didn't tell enough people. Like it just kind of builds on the first. When I did that initial launch and I told everyone, and I'm doing air quotes here, I didn't actually tell everyone, you know? Like it was like my direct friend group, whoever happened to see my social media post, those were the people who knew that I started a podcast. And they went and they listened and they were like, oh, this is there's this cool thing. But like all things, all of those people that came and listened, maybe they weren't actually interested in it, something like that. So I had that initial spike, you know, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I was there like, oh my God, I got 50 listeners on this first episode. This is crazy. Now let's just double that for the next episode and we'll be chilling. I'll, you know, I'll be at a thousand listeners before long. I just doubled it a couple of times. 100K is just around the corner. Can't wait. And so I did that. And then my second episode got like 10 listeners. It was so bad. It was like this complete 180. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? And what happened was when you, when you launch anything, right? There's this initial hype where people are like, oh my God, and there's this crazy cool new thing that's happening. That initial hype, you want to ride that as far as you possibly can. I didn't. What I messed up, right, was I only had one episode. I only told my direct circle of friends, plus like the 20 or 30 people that saw my Instagram post. And that was it. And that was my initial hype was people went and listened to one episode, but then there was nothing else. There was nothing else for them to listen to. So what I did wrong was, and I learned this later, so obviously it's a hindsight thing, was I should have launched with more episodes. When I went, when I, when I started, I should have had five, 10 episodes when I launched so that I could have ridden. I don't think that's a, that's a word, but rode, there we go, rode that initial hype for much longer than I did with my initial episode. Cause like looking at my anchor charts, which are just showing how much, how many listeners I got. My first episode was like this massive spike and then immediately a massive down spike after that initial episode. And then it slowly come back up after that. Right. And that was my big mistake is I didn't tell enough people didn't capitalize on that initial hype. And so in hindsight, if I were to do it again, which I did, I mean, it was much more successful the second time. If you're launching anything, this doesn't apply to just podcasting. This could be a company. This could be obviously your own podcast, a blog, anything. You want to tell everyone around you and you don't want to keep it a secret. When you build in silence, you don't have the opportunity to hear constructive criticism, right? Like constructive criticism is one of the best things that you can possibly get. Constructive criticism, obviously, it's constructive. It's going to build you up. You're going to be at a higher level than you were prior to that criticism. And like, I was afraid of constructive criticism. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear all the flaws with my podcast, all the flaws with my plan. So I didn't tell anyone. That's my first piece of advice is when you're building something, tell everyone, run the idea by everyone. Don't get deterred. That's, that's something that people might, that might happen to people is they might get deterred, but do not get deterred when people tell you all the flaws with your plan, because that's an opportunity for you to improve that plan. So launching my podcast a second time, I told everyone and a lot of people already knew, but when I say I told everyone, I mean, I literally sat down and I went through my phone contact list and I wrote down every single name in my phone, right? I made a big, long list. It was like three sheets of paper. I had like a hundred contacts on my phone. And I put a little checkbox next to every single one of those names. And I said, I'm going to text every single one of these people when I do my podcast relaunch. But then I didn't end up texting. I was like, no, 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 no. A text isn't enough. And texting is incredibly time consuming. Here's what I'm going to do instead. I recorded a, a 40 second video for all 100 of those people. 40 second video, personalized, talking to them, being like, basically, I literally it was just me being like, hey guys, or hey, Andrew, I know we haven't talked in a while. But I just recently launched my podcast. It's called Yada, Yada, Yada. It would be awesome if you could click the link that I said, check it out, leave a rating and review, 
all this stuff because that is that would help me so much. When I say I told everyone, I told everyone. Every single contact in my phone knew that I had a podcast. They got it. If, if you were in my phone, you got a video unless you already knew about it because, you know, you got to optimize. And the second thing I did was the week before that launch, that relaunch, I already had three episodes out. Well, I had four out. I depublished one. That's a different story. I edited fully and completely, and it took me like 12 hours culminative, six whole new episodes. So when I put them out, I would have nine or 10, 10, including my, like my preview episode. So I put those out. So I had 10 episodes, right? So when I did my relaunch, which I did two weeks ago now, it would have been not this last Monday, but the Monday before that, it was like April 4th or something. I did that. I sent all of those videos either the day of or the day after. So Monday or Tuesday, I sent a hundred personalized videos, which I didn't record beforehand, by the way, those were all done Monday and Tuesday. I sent all of those. And then I posted it on social media. I had all of the guests of the new episodes that I was releasing talk about their shows, like posted on social media. And then I had all of these episodes and it was riding that initial hype, but much, much better this time. And I wish I'd done this originally because it probably would have gone even better if this was the first thing that I ever did. But like you see, so my prior to this launch, right, I would have like, oh, 40, 50 views on this episode, 40, 50. And then suddenly, boom, 150 views on all of my podcasts in general. And then it was like down a little bit, but it was still at like 100. And then it was at like 75. And it, so all of those episodes that I released were instead of getting 40 and 50 views, they were getting 70 and 80. And like the most popular of them got 100 views. And I was like, that's, you know, like, that's amazing. That was way better than I ever did on my initial one. Like my initial day that I originally launched my podcast, I got, it was 30 views at like its peak. And that was like the peak. And like looking at the graph of my podcast listens, it's like this massive spike just straight up way above anywhere else that I ever was. And it was just this massive change for me. And it was, it was that I told everyone, I told everyone and I just, I just blew it up. I really love the advice you're giving people there because I know we just launched our podcast a couple of weeks ago as well at the time of this recording. And honestly, we probably didn't do it right either. So I don't know, maybe we'll be looking to do something like a podcast launch 2.0 like you did as well in the future. But yeah, I think that's just such great advice. One thing I'm curious about is you seem like a highly motivated, highly driven person. And I know that I can relate to that as well. You know, I've started several things as well, but I know that most teens listening to this can't relate to that. They don't have that same motivation or drive to go out and start something like this. They might have the idea like you did on New Year's Eve, but they might not have the motivation to go out and actually start it. And so what would be your advice? Like, what do you do to keep yourself motivated and to keep yourself just grinding until you reach your end goal? So number one thing, the greatest motivator of anything ever for humans is fear absolute complete fear right like that's how we survived for the last million years as we were terrified of things right like you were walking through a forest and your senses were on high alert because if they weren't on high alert there's going to be a tiger that jumps out of the woods and kills you so the number one motivator for anyone and this is still a fact like human biology has not changed that much the number one motivator for anyone and anything is fear so that's kind of how I keep myself motivated. When I think about like, oh my gosh, starting this podcast, you'd think like, oh, that's going to be counterproductive because starting a podcast, oh, that's like a scary thing. But it's all about your mindset and how you frame things in your world. 
And this might be kind of abstract for people. So maybe go listen to some more motivational stuff, but you need to reframe your mindset surrounding fear because you only have one life, right? So we all get to the same finish line at one point or another. That finish line is death. We're all going to die someday, which is, you know, that's reality. No one, no human ever has lived past 130 years. Everyone's going to die. So you need to reframe your life. You need to be afraid of spending the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years of your life doing nothing and having no impact. That's what I'm absolutely terrified of is that I'll get to 70 and be like, I didn't impact anyone. I didn't change anyone's life. I didn't do anything important. And that would just crush me. That's where you need to start. You need to reframe your mindset around fear. So suddenly starting a podcast and talking to someone, that's nothing compared to I'm going to die and have no impact, right? So you need to start by reframing your mindset. That's just such a great piece of advice. Like I'm just sitting here like in awe, like, wow, that is such a mature thing to say and something that like, I don't think I've ever like directly thought of before. So here I am like getting my life, my fear redefined and reframed just because of what you just said. And so that is so important. If you're listening to this right now, just definitely think about that and think about how that potentially could change your life. And something else I've noticed is you guys that are listening to this can't see this right now, but Chase has a whiteboard behind him that has a big old 50,000 podcast listeners circled on his whiteboard and just huge big letters. And I'm wondering, Chase, what does that mean to you? Like, is that your end goal? Well, that's my 365 day goal. One year from yesterday, I want to have 500,000 podcast listeners or not 500,000, 50,000 podcast listeners. 500K is the two-year goal. So what this means to me, and for listeners, I'm kind of gesturing at this board behind me, is that is my goal. That is what I need to focus on for the next 365 days. Because people overestimate what they can do in a month and underestimate what they can do in a year. And that can be applied to a year and a decade as well. So while in the last month, I'm only growing my podcast to maybe 75 consistent listeners... That doesn't mean that in the next year, I can't go to 50,000. And that's what this means to me is every morning. So the podcast, the listeners won't be able to see it, but right there, that's my bed. Every morning when I wake up, I sit up in my bed, I turn on the lights and I see this looking right at me in the face when I wake up. I sit up and I see 50K podcast listeners on my whiteboard. And immediately, this is important and it's, it, it's hard to get used to at first. But the first thing I sit up and when I do when I sit up in bed is I think to myself, I say it out loud because things are 20% more effective when you say them out loud. In the next 365 days, I'm going to have 50,000 podcast listeners. And I, over time, you begin to actually believe that. At first, it might sound like BS to you. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You might be trying to make, I don't know, $100,000 in the next year. You might sit up in bed and say, I can make $100,000 in the next year. At first, that might sound like BS. But as time goes on, you start to believe it. And like, I'll be honest with you, part of me still thinks that this is kind of out there, but every morning I believe it just a little bit more that I can have 50,000 podcast listeners in the next 365 days. That's what this whiteboard means to me. So inspirational. I think that is such a good method to really apply to any goal you have. You know, if you have something like a whiteboard or something that you could put up on your wall that you see first thing in the morning, maybe your bathroom mirror, wherever, I think that's just such 
a good method to remind yourself of your goal. And like Chase said, to start to believe it. And then the last sort of question I have for you is I can tell just by listening to this podcast episode that, like you said, you're a very talkative person and you seem very talented at that. And so it seems to me like you sort of leveraged your skills in talking to people and turn that into a one day will become a a very successful business. And so can you speak a little bit about how other teens can recognize their own strengths and how they can turn that into something that makes them money? The the way that this happened for me was kind of an accident. Like I started podcasting and then I re I started, I got the idea of podcasting. Then I was like, Oh wait, this is, this is literally perfect for me. I love to talk. I love to talk to people. I connect with people really easily. So it was almost an accident, but in a way it wasn't because I had set myself up for this, right? I was always a very talkative person. I started listening to podcasts and eventually I fell into this idea that I can start my own podcast. Obviously everyone's going to have different skills because your listeners, they're not going to be a super talkative person like me. It might just be, you know, average energy. They might be a very shy person, but everyone has this unique skill to them. And it doesn't matter who you are, right? I can't remember who said this quote. I want to say it was Jay Samet, but everybody has a little bit of gold in them, right? You just have to dig for it. So what if your skill is, let's just say your skill is video editing. That's easy to monetize. There are so, so many people out there who need good video editing, be they YouTuber, a TikToker, an Instagram person, even just a normal company, they're going to need video editing. Maybe you know how to take a really pretty picture. I don't know. You can monetize that too. There's always people looking for photographers. There are always people who want to have their picture taken. I listened to a podcast the other day about these guys who started a franchise business based around the idea of teaching people how to take photos and how to get into a marketplace where they can take photos. And that became a $50 million business. Maybe you, you figured out some way to grow people's, people's TikTok audience by a thousand followers a week. Guarantee you someone's going to want to have an, a TikTok influence. Like maybe you just know how, maybe you know how to negotiate with people. Maybe you know how to really get inside of people's heads and just like, connect with them and be like, I know it's hard for you right now. And I know that you need to sell this thing. I can help you. That's a skill that you can monetize. There's always people looking for negotiators, for salespeople, everything. So in the end, it really comes down to just looking at what you do best. And everyone, I know there's going to be that person that sits down and thinks to themselves, I don't do anything very well. Cause I know people who say that, but go to your friends and your family and be like, Hey, what do you notice is kind of special about me? Because looking in a mirror, you're only going to see the flaws, right? And looking at your own pictures, you're only going to see your own flaws. But if when people look at your pictures, they're only going to see the perfections. So if you go and you ask people, you're like, hey, what is something that's really defining about me? What's something that you've noticed that I do very well? They will tell you. And if you ask 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people, that question, hey, what do you see about me that's unique, that's special? You might get a ton of different answers, but eventually you're going to have one answer that sticks out consistently, and that's the skill that you're the best at, and that's the skill that you should try and monetize. That makes a lot of sense. I hope those listening will think about what you said, um, because I can relate to that feeling of like, oh, I don't have any special skills, or you know, there's, you know, I'm not going to bother with this business or entrepreneurship thing. But I highly encourage you to at least go through the exercise he suggested. And we talked to a few friends and to say, hey, what kind of you know skills do you see that I'm just seem to be naturally gifted at? And then you can start looking at what kind of businesses uh, you can create out of that. 
As we wrap up here, I have a quick question for you in regards to your other business. I believe it's couch flipping. That's an interesting one that also plays into your skills of like talking to people and negotiating. Do you want to like do like a brief one minute kind of overview of kind of how you got started in that? And I guess what the gist of it is, and then maybe if you learned any lessons in, in couch flipping compared to podcasting, we've already gone over podcasting pretty well. Yeah. So well, we'll just do this real quick here. The way that I originally got into couch flipping was I watched a YouTube video. I think that's how a lot of ideas originate. Now you watch a YouTube video, you go, oh, that's cool. So the YouTube video that I watched, if anyone wants to actually go and learn just a little bit about couch flipping was Ryan Pineda's video, just couch flipping. Search Ryan Pineda couch flipping YouTube. He has a three video series on everything you need to do that. Everything he says in those videos, that's literally all you need. So the thing with couch flipping, it's a very simple and lucrative side hustle. You do kind of have to be in a more populated area, but the basics are you go on Craigslist, offer up Facebook marketplace. You look at couches, you, you find ones that are valued, maybe a little overvalued. And you'd, you can just look at pictures and be like, that's a $300 couch. Would I want to buy that considering its condition? Go with a gut feeling. Gut feelings are really important in this business. Go with your gut feeling. Then you message them, you drive out to their house, you talk to them, you connect with them, and then you lowball them. You shoot, it doesn't. It depends on the price. If it's 300, shoot $100 below that. Shoot $150 below that. Offer them 150. And then you go to their house, you pick up this couch, bring a trailer with you or a truck with a large bed, bring it back to your house, clean it up. You can literally just, I mean, it really depends. You can literally use soap, water, and a bucket and a towel and clean off this couch. Then you relist it. Usually Facebook Marketplace does the best. That's my experience. Relist it and offer up Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, offer free delivery because that's something that's going to really hook people. If you're going to drive it out to their house, offer free delivery and then charge $100 above what you bought it for. You wait. If it doesn't get sold in the first week, relist it so it goes back to the top of everyone's feed. Then you load that into your truck, drive it out to their house, do a cash exchange, bada bing, bada boom, you made a hundred bucks. That's the way to go. I mean, and this is also a great example of if you feel like you haven't figured out or nailed down a personal skill you have. There's a million of these types of side hustles that are kind of generic or simple on the on the outside um, that you can easily use to start learning some skills and learning more about yourself. Maybe give us like maybe one big tip specifically about couch flipping that you've learned so far in case anyone's interested in that. And then one tip overall for anyone listening, or if you want to shout out in your podcast where we wrap up here. Yeah, man. Well, go listen to it if you want. It's just the top youth business podcast. But for couch flipping, here's my number one tip. All right. You're going to be afraid. All right. Your first time you're going out there, you're going to be freaked out because you're like actually going and talking to someone about like selling something. Don't be afraid. People do this all the time. It's a normal thing for people to get lowballed. Negotiating is something that normal people do. Don't be afraid to lowball people. Don't be afraid to go hard in those negotiations. You just cannot be afraid to put yourself out there. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. That's my one tip for cash flipping. Now, for just my one tip overall, it kind of connects back to that fear, but I know that's really intangible. I know people say all the time, don't be afraid. But if you're afraid, there's ways to get better at it. Just start doing things that make you a little bit uncomfortable. Start talking to people of the other gender. Start going out into the world and just being social. Do things that make you uncomfortable. You will get better at being uncomfortable. And eventually over time, you'll be able to do things that you never would have been able to do originally. Be un get uncomfortable, get afraid, and start to change your life. There you go. Uh, Chase, we really, really, really appreciate having you on. It's been a blast listening to you. 
And for the podcast listeners listening to this now, they probably noticed we weren't talking much, but we we're just like completely absorbing content of what you've learned so far over these past few months. So dude, we really, really appreciate it. Guys, absolutely check out the Top Youth Business Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Teen Finance for Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 